Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. So we're going to look over into 2 Peter this morning. So we, we live in a challenging world. We live in a changing world, a world which is uh, full of confusion at times and sometimes chaos. I think, the, I think that Solomon in the Old Testament would say there's nothing new under the sun. It's like, that's just the way it is, right? And when things are full of peace and serenity, we simply don't think about it, right? We don't, we don't think about end times and those kind of things as much, but many times people don't consider uh, the prophecy of end time events until things become difficult. And I think that we should uh, keep our minds open because, friends, we, we, we need to recognize uh, that at all times we need to think about these things. Uh, the Apostle Peter is going to speak to us this morning through the Holy Spirit and, and, and challenge us, and, uh, and God will do what he wants to do. And what we do understand is his word, his word will not return void. In other words, if he said he's going to do something, he will do it. And he will do it in his time and in his fashion. And he gives us some information at times, but he doesn't give us all information at times. And I don't know, it's kind of like being kids. Do you remember when you were a child, maybe your mom or dad, they said that you're going to take you to the park. I'm going to take you to the park later. And you're like, okay. And you're excited. And they told you, well, maybe after lunch we'll go. So you know, you know how it is. It's kind of tentative. They have a lot of things they're doing, right, in the background. And maybe first they have to clean up uh, laundry and, and maybe they have to uh, pay some bills and, and and all of those kind of things before they take you to the park and they're going to clean up dishes and all that and it, it could be that they uh, need to tend to some of the yard work or other things before they take you out just part of it and but they didn't tell you all of the things that they were going to have to do. One, it'd be too much. It'd be information overload for the child, right? And the, and the child wouldn't necessarily get all of it. They wouldn't get get it all together, and and so you you wouldn't you wouldn't have fully understood at that point as a child. So what do you do? Every five minutes, you go back to your parent and say, "Hey, are we are we going to the park yet? Is it time to go?" Right? Every five minutes, especially when they're really small. Uh, are we going to the park yet? They keep asking, and is it time? Can we go now? And your parents told you, I told you after lunch. We all know the story, right? Uh, we've all done, been there, either as a parent or, or as an uh, aunt or uncle or, uh, or as a child, right? Here's the thing. Mom and dad, they fixed lunch. They're ready to go, and, 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 and it's like it's almost 1.30 now. And the kids are like, say, come on, come on, it's, it's, after, it's after lunch, and it's after, it's like 1.30 now. You have to take an important phone call. You have to do all those kind of things. And, and, and then, you know, it's just like, oh, I don't know if we're ever going to go. And then that older sibling chimes in, right? The older sibling who's a little savvy, right? They're, they've been around a little bit longer than, than the five-year-old. And so, so what do they do? They say, well... If we haven't gone to the park by now, you know, I've been around. Uh, if we haven't gone to the park by now, we're probably not going at all. It's just probably not going to happen. 
and there's no, there's no chance. And so what do they do? They both give up on the park and they lose, your, lose their focus. It's like, we're not going there. Uh, and so this is kind of what happened with the followers of Jesus whom Peter is writing to in 2 Peter. And, and, and this is where we're going to be looking today. 2 Peter chapter 3 is the chapter we're looking at, kind of towards the end of this book, end of this letter that he writes to the church. And he says this in chapter 3, verse 3, these words, Above all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming he promised? When, when is Jesus returning? Uh, and then he goes on to say, ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has uh, since the beginning of creation. And they're like, come on, is this really going to happen? And this is really what's happened for many people who consider themselves followers of Jesus in the last 30 or 40 years. We've seen that, and not only in that time frame, even in these last three years, it's probably even went, it's even extended beyond that. And we need to be able to remember some important things uh, from the past so that we can learn from them and not make the same type of mistakes that others have made. So you need to be able to put these into practice, but how uh, can you do it if you don't read God's Word? And I've got three things here for you this morning, and these really apply across the board for so many different things uh, as followers of Jesus. But the first one is, is learn from past biblical prophecy. We need to learn from past biblical prophecy. If you know your Bible, and you may remember what God told Abraham... He told him something about all of Abraham's descendants, which is Israel, and, and he, he said they're going to be in captivity for 400 years. And if you look with me in Genesis chapter 15, verse 13, it says this. It says, Then the Lord said to him, Abram, Abraham, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country, not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated there. I don't think that Abraham was jumping up for joy on that one, right? I don't think he was too excited about that. Yeah, we, oh, that's great, we're going to be slaves. I don't think he was doing that. But I'm sure that he took note, and then he passed that on to the next generation and said, you guys better be ready. And so it was prophesied Israel would be captive 400 years, and that's what God said but get this, over in Exodus, we find it here in Exodus chapter 12, verse 41, and it says this when things were kind of wrapped up. It said, at the end of the 430 years to the very day, all that the Lord's, all the Lord's division left Egypt. So they've come out. They've been pulled clear out of that. And, and you know, we could go round and round uh, with, uh, with this and with theologians, but this comes down to this. And I think it is something that we need to be aware of, uh, is this, is there are times God is intensely specific about things, but there are times that he gives us an approximate time. And it's kind of like the, the, the parent who says, we're going to the park after lunch. It's, it's 1.30, they still haven't went, right? They're still sitting there, and they're still waiting. And uh, it doesn't mean you aren't going. It doesn't mean that's not going to happen. 
But the 400 years ends up being about 430 years. And some people are so antsy that they aren't willing to wait for God's timing. Has that ever happened to you? I think that most of us could say, yeah, we probably have at times in our lives. We, we've, we've, let, we've become antsy and we've let God do his, that we didn't let God do his thing in his time. We decided to do something else. And may, maybe there are some things he's working on behind the scenes. And that is something that we have to get used to. That God works things on behind the scenes. And we know from what Peter says that there are, and we're going to look at that later because he says it right here in 2 Peter chapter 3. So how can the children have a hope? These kids with their parents tell them, hey, we're going to go to the park. How can they have hope that their parent was leading them, uh, telling them the truth? That they're, that they're ultimately going to go to the park. Uh, they, they could remember that the last time they went to the park, they, uh, when they were promised, they went there. They, were, they went late, but they went there. Uh, and maybe they went to the Discovery Center and they went early, you know. So they probably look on some past history things and say, well, the parent did it this way this time. And, and so they could kind of manage with that. They still went, right? See, we need to change how we view what God tells us. We need to be able to change. Now, I mean, I don't mean we don't take it as it is what he said. We need to take what he says for what it is. But, but some are so rigid and stifled that they hinder their own faith. And we don't want to be in that place in our lives. And it's very easy to become that way if we're not careful. We need to allow the Lord to help us. We need to open our hearts to, uh, to what God has, uh, has and don't. Let someone else pull you away from God's plan. Because that can happen really easy, right? Too many times we as human beings, we allow other people to pull us along to other direction. I think it kind of comes with the psalm that Jody shared with us earlier. And she didn't even read my notes this morning. <laughs> and we can allow other people pull us along. But here's the second thing that we need to put into practice. And this is... You know, here we're in summertime, people are vacating, right? That's what vacation's about. We, we get out, get out, of the, get out of the norm, and we go somewhere, and we spend some time with others and those kind of things. And, but we have to make sure that we keep this second thing in, in, uh, our, in our mind as well. Learn to think, learn to think in a spiritually healthy way or a healthy spiritual way. We need to learn to think in a, a healthy spiritual way. Look at Peter, look at what Peter says here in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. The, actually, that first part of this uh, passage, and he says, Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them in, as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. Wow. Pretty good. I want, you, I want you to recall the, the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. And then he says this in verse 3, he says, Above all, you, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil uh, desires. He's like, these, these other people are going to be out there and, and they're going to say some things and try to pull you off this path. 
So let's look here. Now this is how around 65 AD, somewhere around there is where the apostle Peter, he's imprisoned in Rome by the emperor Nero. He realized that he was going to be executed here not too long. And uh, uh, since he was an eyewitness of the ministry of Jesus, he decided to write another letter to the believers he had written before, confirming that what they had been, what they had been taught about Jesus. So he's trying to help them. And, and we know why he wrote the letter, because he tells us there in, in verse 1 to stimulate wholesome thinking. He's trying to help them to... So let's, let's get our thinking, let's build it up and start thinking about the right kind of things. And let's understand spiritual things in a healthy way. And so it's like he's saying, you need to learn to think in this healthy spiritual way. And then in verse 2, he tells them to use their memory recall to focus on the words of the Old Testament prophets. And the words of Jesus that was given to them through the Apostle Peter himself and through the other apostles too. So he's, try, he's trying to help them. And so if you're, if you're asking God, what are you waiting for? It's kind of the title of the sermon here. What are you waiting for? If you, why, why don't you come in the, in the middle of the world that we're living in? Why, why don't you arrive now? Why don't you come back? You know, like I, I spoke to you from uh, Abraham's prophecy, but Peter speaks later of what God did with Noah as well. God is always giving some time. He's always giving us time. And he's giving us that time so that he can work in our lives. And you may say, well, God worked in my life already. Yeah, but what about your neighbor? Has he worked in their life? Has he worked in their life? Has he, has he finished the things that he's wanting to do there? So, you know, too many, too many believers are caught up by what the, what the scoffers say. Now they may say that they are that they and they tell it may tell you that they're not, but they still may let it bother them and can even affect their faith because others say, well, you know what? They've said that for years. The funny thing is, or the interesting thing here is that people may say that for the last fifty or sixty years. Yeah, but they said he was coming. Uh, Twenty reasons why Jesus is coming in the year two thousand, right? Y two K and all that stuff for those of us that were around at that time. <laughs> And they're always going to give those kind of things out. And why, why Jesus is going to come tomorrow and all this. Yeah, I get it. He will come. He said he will. That will happen. And in his time and in his fashion. But sometimes when people say uh, some things that they, they don't always know for sure and they think they do, it sets it up for the scoffers to say the things that they do. And he says in verse 3, in the last days scoffers will come scoffing and fall and following their own evil desires. Okay, well, here's the elephant in the room. What in the world is a scoffer? I know, I know that when I, when, I, when I taught at the community college, we didn't talk about scoffers there. I, I mean, when, when, I, when I turned wrenches and I worked on things, I, I didn't talk about scoffers there. Nobody would talk to me about scoffers. What are they? So I had to look it up. I don't even know. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe you guys know. They are a person who mocks or makes fun of someone or something, often of religion or moral values. So, unfortunately, when they, when they speak, they make fun of what you believe, and then they cause people to reconsider their faith. 
That may be their intention. It may not be their intention. They may be seekers themselves and just not verbalize it. And sometimes they may be testing you to see if you can help them. A lot of times people in those situations won't tell you that. But sometimes that's the case. That's why we need to be aware. We need to know what the Word of God says and be willing to encourage other people with God's Word. The sad thing is, is they are spiritually blind and they're, and they're trying to direct you. Think about that for just a moment. Don't be pulled in with their blindness. Uh, some of them appear to be knowledgeable and even spiritually savvy, kind of like the older sibling, you know, that says, well, I've been around for a while, so a five-year-old brother or five-year-old sister, don't you worry if the parents haven't, if they haven't took us to, to go out to the park yet, they're not going to take us at all. And then they go at three o'clock, right? And so, so uh, we, we see the fact is, is that the older child doesn't know much more than the younger child. And when the parent is, is uh, ready and it's time, they will leave. And don't be pulled in by the mocker or the scoffer. Don't be pulled in by those people because they will throw things at you. I know. I worked with the guy when I, when I was down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I worked for a New Tulsa Freightliner. And uh, when I was working for Freightliner there, I remember one of the guys there, his name was Robert. I, I hope he's come to faith or returned to faith. But I remember that guy. He, he, was, he was a good guy. But, but boy, at times, I, I found out after a while he would always give me a hard time because I was in Bible college at that time. And he would give me a hard time and come to find out after I engaged him a lot. Behind the scene, he ended up telling me, yeah, I went to seminary. I'm like, you did what? I was surprised. I probably didn't look like that. I was like, oh, you did. He did. And he, for whatever happened in his life, he, he fell away from the Lord. And then he ends up becoming a scoffer in that. And I pray that he come back to faith. Uh, but it was, it, was, it was a good challenge for me in some sense to challenge my faith and help me to, to encourage him to come back to the place where he once was. But in Peter's time, we see how these false teachers that were suggesting that since Jesus hadn't returned already, his return couldn't be experienced at all or expected at all because they didn't expect any future judgment. They were living immoral lives. They were like, well, if he's not coming back, we can just simply believe in the Lord and live however we want to. Doesn't work that way. And P Peter may, may have uh, learned about the, the, the threat of these uh, teachers from the letter that was sent by Jude, who was a brother of Jesus, uh, to, to warn dis, uh, believers against them. And, and Peter's letter actually echoes some of the things that Jude says in his letter. And, and so Peter is trying to get these believers to think in a spiritually healthy way, and he wants them to deal with the spiritual facts. Because there are spiritual facts that we need to hold on to. And remember what, what God's word says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. And it says, this should be on the screen for you. And it says, so is my word that goes, goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. Some translations say void. But will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word, if he says this is what's going to happen, unless he's laid some conditional thing on it, it is going to happen just like he says. And if there's a conditional thing, he usually makes that pretty plain. 
and look at what Peter says about these guys who, who made fun of the return of Christ. And we see this here in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 5 to 7. And it says this, But they deliberately forgot that long ago by God's word the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. And then he goes into verse 6 and says, By these waters also the world at that time was deluged and destroyed. Talking about the flood, right? And then by the, by the same word, the present, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction, destruction of the ungodly. So those are some pretty tough things there, and that's not something we really celebrate too much. But the word of God is spoken, and that's what he said he's going to do. And it's all for a purpose and all for a reason. And that's why we have responsibility while we're here now to share the love of God with people and the gospel of Christ so they don't end up in that part in their lives. And so we need to learn to think in a healthy spiritual fashion, and that includes learning from the history of God's actions. And we see that in the scripture. We see what he's done in the scripture. And this is where Peter heads to Noah. He jumps in to Noah. He doesn't use his name right there. But he, that's kind of what he's dealing with, and you see it later on uh, as well. So he, he jumps into Noah with this big boat that he's built that God directed him to build, and, and the flood. And then he relates it to what we call the day of the Lord. It's that day of judgment, but that day of blessing as well. And because of mankind's sin, everything will be reserved for a full-on cleansing. That's what the word shows us. That's what scripture says. He won't return void. People can say all they want. Even preachers can get out there and say all kinds of things that they conjure up and think, hey, this is really cool. We just don't think God is that way. We think he's this way. Well, you can say that all you want, but his word will not return to him void. It's going to accomplish what he said it's going to accomplish. So we need to be able to think in a, a healthy spiritual fashion and you know God, you know, we, we know here in this situation that mockers will, uh, uh, here let's take it back to this. Why, why do you think Peter writes about Noah? Why, why do you think he writes about him? Likely it's because in Noah's day, he, he faced a ton of mockers and scoffers. All these people that said, hey, Noah, you're crazy. It's never rained before. We don't even know what rain is for goodness sake. That didn't even make sense to us. What do you mean, rain, water coming from the sky? This, yeah. So they laughed at him. And, uh, and, and, and mockers will say what they want because it makes them feel they're in control. Sometimes people will do that because they're trying to get a handle in their own lives. They may not say that, but many times that has, is the case. And, but in the end, God has the final say. And you know God doesn't delight in destruction. I think we have to keep that in our minds and understand that because sometimes people misunderstand that entirely. We know this from what the Apostle Peter goes on to say in this same chapter, in chapter 3. We know he doesn't delight in that. If you come back to the kids we talked about from the beginning, it's like the older sibling who tells the younger brother, we will never, we'll never go to the park at this point. He, he ends up... Uh, he ends up uh, touting his, quote, wisdom. But the truth is that he can't see the whole picture. And he's basing 
what he says on what he knows of some, from some facts that he's experienced. But it doesn't mean he's correct. He's not, and time will tell the truth. Time will tell the truth in the end, right? So we, we have nothing to lose if we believe the word of God and learn to follow the Lord. We have nothing to lose. We have everything to gain, in fact. I'm grateful for what Jesus has done for us. I am so thankful because he is faithful. Will we face trials and, tri uh, and tribulations, all those kind of things? Yeah, we'll face that kind of stuff. Those things happen in life. That's part of living in a fallen and a sinful world. And we have to keep those things in mind when we live. Sometimes we get this idea of everything should be perfect. It should go along perfect. Well, if we weren't involved in it, it probably would be. Uh, but because but, but, we mess up, right? Because the world messes up and we live in this broken world. But God has a plan for us. We need to learn to follow him. The third thing is this. Third and final thing is keep the right perspective. Keep the right perspective. And I probably say that a lot, but look at what he says here in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. He says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. He says, do not forget it. He's saying, remember it. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. That's our day, right? Or his day. The, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness, because some thought it should be done, and some today think everything should be done, and we should be in heaven with the Lord. We should not be having to go through the things that we do at times. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Does it mean everyone will come to repentance? No, I think the scripture is plain. Some people will choose not to follow that direction. But he's, he, he is being compassionate to humanity and saying, I want to get the word of God to you. That's why missions is so important. That's why when Jody mentioned about missions here earlier, it's, it's so important. I, I got an email this week uh, and my, uh, from the Gage Bender, him and his wife, uh, and they came and spoke here in the uh, last year, I believe. And they were up ministering and way up in, uh, well, I won't say, I guess I'm online. So uh, they were in an unreached area working among an unreached group. And God was giving them some wonderful opportunities. And, and since then, they had to shift gears and to go into uh, a central area of the country but uh, even with that, they were, they, were, uh, they were talking to different people. They're in India. I can say that part for this. They're in India, and they, uh, as they're working with these neighbors and all of them, it was quite interesting because there's many of their neighbors are not believers. They follow other false religions and different things, and, and so they're engaging all their neighbors. It's really cool what God is doing. And they said, so they get to this one neighbor, and then this one neighbor started to tell them about their false god, about this false god that they serve and all this kind of stuff. And they were saying, do you know anything about that? It's just quite interesting. So what did they do? Did they slap him in the face and say, ha, how did you do? Why would you be saying, telling us that? No, they didn't. They respected them. They listened to them just to show respect, to build rapport with them. And so that they could relate to them the gospel, because I believe the gospel will go there. 
in the future, as it has with many other people as they've reached out to them. But they showed respect for them. Not saying they agreed. No, not saying they condoned them following a false god. No, that's not what they did. But for us, we have to make sure we keep the right perspective and stay open to work, uh, for the Holy Spirit to speak through our lives. So let's look here. <clears throat> Peter lays this out here in verse 8, saying, look, one, oh, uh, one, day, one day for God is like a thousand years to us. Just trying to give us some perspective. That Peter's saying, hey, the Holy Spirit's saying this to you to help you to understand this. And like children waiting to go to the park after lunch, we, we, we know, uh, we, have, we have to know that we will get there at some point, right? We'll get there at some point. But, but even with that, we have to know that he's going to take care of us. But even though he reveals some of it to us, he doesn't always tell us everything. Sure, he does lay out things. God does in his word. But he doesn't lay out everything for us because there's just some things he says, I'm keeping that to myself and in my timing, I'll let this, I'll open this up. Just remember that God's word to Abraham was 400 years. In Exodus, in that same set of books, they call it the Pentateuch, the first, the first five books of the Bible. But there in that same thing, he ended up being there 430 years. But God, you said it was going to be 400 years. Sorry for the weird voice. But anyhow, it was anywhere from between 400 and 499. See, we have to view a perspective there a little bit. There, there is a reason he's waiting. Even though he's not slow about keeping his promise, as some think it is too slow... Like the older brother who says it's too late to go to the park now, here Peter makes a powerful statement and he reveals the heart of God. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Verse 9, that's what it is about. And God is more patient than any parent. Why? Because he wants as many people that he can get into his party as possible. He doesn't want anyone to be left out. That's not his desire. And he wants everyone to come and he wants you to come and he wants your friends and your neighbors to be there too. He doesn't want to let it be some exclusive thing. As sometimes people in the church world make it at times, but we have to make sure that we understand that he wants everybody there. And he desires that. Will everybody come? No, we understand. Not everybody will choose to do that. They will make their decision to go their direction. But God doesn't really want it that way. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 says this, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. In other words, it's going to really be a surprise at some level to everybody. The, the heavens will disappear with the Lord. Oh, sure, we understand the Lord is saying it will happen. And we as followers of Jesus understand there's some things. We know Israel is set up again. We know that's one of those pin part, uh, point markers that the Lord gives us. We understand that, but he doesn't give us the day or the time. And he goes on to say the heaven will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth. And everything done, uh, done in it will be laid bare. It's going to be wide open. 
whatever the, whatever the reason for things happening. But look at what he says here in the next verse. He says, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. And as you look forward to the day of God and speed its uh, coming, that day will bring about the de destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with the promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. That's the scripture. That's the word of God. That's what he tells us. We have something to look forward to. That's what the word of God says. I, I'm not adding to that or taking away what he says there. God is doing something. And Peter explains that the Messiah's return has been delayed because God wants everyone to repent. Our, our proper response is to live good lives filled with hope. To live out our faith, not as we, as we heard earlier, not only in here, but out there in the world where we live, out there where we do business, out there where we go to school, out there where we, we relate to others. Yeah, we relate to one another in here, but this is one of those, it's a stepping stone for us as we come in and we, as we worship, as we build ourselves up uh, in the Holy Spirit and as the Lord strengthens us and we, as we encourage each other, this is a stepping stone for us to go out there in this world and live out our life and to bring glory to God. What kind of people should we be? People who carry hope, people who live good lives and, and follow the Lord. If we keep the right perspective, if, we're, if we aren't pulled off the path by people who mock the truth of the scripture, then we can live good lives filled with hope. The Apostle Paul goes on to say here in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, he says, So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you, about, uh, wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand. Even Peter wrote that, right? And he says they're hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort, as they do the other scriptures, to their own destruction. So people are always going to distort the truth, but we need to keep looking forward to the promises of God and the promise of his return. It's not only just about the return and the end time events, it's about the word of God as a whole. And we have to understand that the promise of a, of a new heaven and a new earth where the right, his righteousness dwells. Don't allow yourself to be pulled away from the stable place of faith that you're in. Make every effort, every effort to live for Christ. And in living for him, you will be found spotless, blameless, blameless, and at peace with him. And in the final verse, I've given you a lot of scripture this morning. I think the word of God is pretty powerful, and we need that. And so he says in the final verse there, and you can read the one before that I didn't read, but it says in verse 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. 
We want to grow, right? We want to grow spiritually. We want to be strong. We want to allow his word to speak into our lives. We have to keep growing and learning so we don't let others distort this truth because uh, they're because they're jaded themselves and sometimes they're blinded and sometimes they are seeking. Don't let that deceive you. Sometimes they are seeking, as I said earlier, and they are looking for something solid themselves. And you may be that individual that they're kind of poking you a little bit, but you may be that individual that gets, shares the word of God with them and encourages them to, re to change their thinking just a little bit. See, God puts you in people's lives for a reason. God has put each and every one. I don't care who you are or what you do. God has put you in the place that you are for a reason. And take the advantage of the opportunity that God gives you so that you can be a blessing to others and to speak into their life hope. We're going to wrap this up this morning. But as we do, do learn from past biblical prophecy. Learn from it. Let, let God's word speak to you of what he has done in the past. It can help you to keep the right eternal perspective. We need that. And sometimes God's timing is not like our timing. And learn to think in a healthy, spiritual way and stimulate your, your, whole, your wholesome thinking. Let it be stimulated. Let's say, you know what? This is the way I want to be. I want the Lord to work through my life in a good and a solid way. Fill your life with the, with the word of God so that you can change how you think. That's what Romans 12, 1 is about, being transformed by the renewing of our minds, right? Stimulate your mind and keep the right perspective. We need to keep the right perspective, don't we? Because the world throws all kinds of perspectives at us out there, that, but we have to remember this, that the Lord is not slow to keeping his promise as some people understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. I am glad he's patient with me. Are you glad he's patient with you? He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Some are so worried about what they don't have or what they're expecting to get that they become impatient with God and leave God in the dust when in fact the Lord says, if you'll do it in my timing, if you'll walk with me in my timing, then you'll have what you're, you're, gonna, you're looking for anyway. God will work things out in his timing. Right now he has more people to bring into his kingdom. And he wants a big party. And some of you guys thought God didn't like parties. Maybe you didn't understand. And he wants you, and he wants your neighbors, and your friends, and your enemies. He wants us all together. I pray that you've got some holy thinking to do today. That you would allow the word of God to speak into your life. Learn from the past. Keep the right perspective. Start thinking in a, in a good, in a solid, healthy way. Allow God to speak into your lives. He has a plan for you. For some, that's just simply opening the door and saying, Lord, I've got to turn my life over to you at this point because I've tried things in my own way 
and it's not working the way that I thought it should. Or maybe it's working the way you thought it should and you realize you missed out on the plan God has for you, which is even better. And today I challenge you in this time of prayer and in this time of worship, say, God, here I am. Be the Lord of my life, work in my life. May this be renewed. May our relationship be renewed. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you. We thank you, Lord God, because you've shown grace to each and every one of us. Do we really deserve it? No, we know we don't deserve it. But what we do know is that you are bringing to us something so special. You give us your riches at Christ's expense. Jesus, you give us so much. You've forgiven us of much. And you give us and offer us hope. Father, we offer ourselves to you offer our lives to you everything that we have we give to you father because you are the lord and you have our best interests in mind father may you let your kingdom come lord may you let your will be done in our lives father we offer ourselves to you in everything in jesus name amen amen yeah.